Welcome, everybody, to episode three or four, I'm not quite sure, of the Dayton Dynasty podcast. It's a little different now because it used to just be week by week, but now we uh, have some fun off-season stuff going on this year. We're going to be doing a little mock draft here of the first round with the excitement happening tomorrow. Today, I have three esteemed guests. I have Evan Papp, and Josh Ambers. What up, what up? How's it going? What's going on, Travis? Hey, Travis. Hey, Travis. On? All right. Yeah, I got Pap all the way from Germany here, so it's going to be a late night for him. It's going to be a late couple nights for him if he wants to keep up with this uh, NFL draft, but good luck there, kid. Technically, uh, early morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very, very early morning, actually. <laughs> All right, so today we are each going to be owning eight picks in the draft. So we got 32 picks. We're each going to be owning eight of them and see how close we can get to what's actually going to happen tomorrow night in the first round. Um, First, we're going to open up with what happened in this past week. We have a couple big NFL trades and then one Jaybird's big trade. I don't know if we're going to call it big, but uh, big enough. So I'm going to start in the NFL with Kansas City. Uh, Jaybird, you want to take it away? Oh, you put me on the spot. I don't have all the details up. But um, if you want to fill me in with a little bit of detail, Travis, essentially Kansas City traded for one of uh, – for Orlando Brown, right, was it, from Correct. from the yep. Ravens? Yep. Hey, there you go. Um, anyway, he's a Pro Bowl left tackle. Obviously, is, is going to be a focal point of Kansas City offensive line going forward. It was obviously, you watch that Super Bowl at Kansas City. They lose their two tackles, and um, it, show, it goes to show you how a, an integral part of any football team is when you have Pat Mahomes running for his life and can't you can't win a football game because they don't have an offensive line anymore. But it's going to be a huge thing for them, Kansas City, going forward. They rebuilt their whole low line. At the end of the day, gave you up a first, and I forget what the, the rest of the change was after that. It's not that bad at all. For a for a haul coming for a, for having an elite left tackle like that, so I think it's a big win for Kansas City. Yeah, so Baltimore gets pick thirty one, pick ninety four, and one thirty six, and then a future second, no future fifth actually. Kansas City gets Orlando Brown in the second, so they move from thirty one down to fifty eight in this year and gave up a couple uh, other later picks. Really good for the Ravens because Brown wanted no part of being there. He says, "I'm a left tackle. I want to be paid by a left tackle." Their problem is they have a good left tackle. So they were trying to figure out what to do. Kansas City is going to pay him with I don't know what money. That offense is worth so much money at this point. I don't know really what they're going to do, but good for the Ravens. Good for – Yeah, they said they're – I heard that they're going to let him play out his contract too, so they're not going to try to extend him before the season either. So it's a big risk too. Yeah, especially giving up that much capital. And then today we saw our infamous Teddy Two Gloves – Leave Carolina and go over to Denver. Pap, what do you think about that? Uh, I actually find it really ironic. I was talking with uh, a major who came out. He's uh, stationed in Colorado. And uh, we were talking about football literally today. And he said, who do you think the uh, the Broncos are going to draft at, uh, from QB? I think they're taking someone. And I said, honestly, if I had to say two names that came to my mind and they're not drafting, it'd be either Teddy Bridgewater or Jimmy Garoppolo. And then – I kid you not, this evening, he goes, did you see that? I'm like, yep, I just saw that. Uh, so uh, not surprised by the move. Uh, pr- provide a little uh, competition in the uh, backfield there uh, to see uh, if that can maybe. He's been really relying on tight end. So it's going to be interesting to see Teddy Bridgewater, who's a little more accurate. Doesn't really have the arm strength, though, uh, comparatively. Uh, but he's definitely, you know, he's got a lot of things that Drew Locke doesn't. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it moves forward. 
Pools, what do you think about Darnold being officially a starter after being maybe a nobody? This is just weird. Honestly, I'm. I want to touch back on that point because I, I think that definitely helps out the hometown Pats, right? Because if you're the Patriots, you're considering moving up to try and jump yep. Denver to get a quarterback. And now yep. they go and they secure Bridgewater. And now you're thinking, all right, they're probably not going to draft a quarterback there at eight. So um, for Carolina, that kind of sucks. Cause I think you could probably get some more people if you traded with someone like Pats, but um, there's still some other heavy quarterback, needy teams that are out there that could definitely move in that position. But for the Pats, you're almost guaranteed to get one of those top five at, at 15. Um, and then going back to the um, QB situation in Carolina, I, I like Sam Darnold. I think he had zero weapons in New York and he was under Adam Case and it sucked and he had no help there. And I think he goes there and he's walking into a good situation or a situation that they're going to put him in where he can, you know, try to find himself. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think they're they're safe this year on quarterback. I don't think they need to draft anyone, or at least not early, right? Like, you don't have to go out and get someone super early. But uh, maybe in the later rounds, we'll see him pick up, like, a better backup option. But, um, you know, I like the move for both the Panthers and for Darnold, so... Yeah, it's, if you have any shares of Darnold and anything, you're happy because he's the guy. They officially said it, and they traded a second and a fourth for him. So in one offseason, yes. are you going to draft somebody in the first round, so pick a and trade a second and a fourth? That seems like a lot of capital. So I think uh, this is Darnold's team. I don't even think they're going to draft anybody, which is, like you said, awesome for the Pats. If eight says they don't want to draft anybody, nine says they don't want to draft anybody, 15's looking prettier and prettier by the day, which is crazy to say out loud. Yep. Hey Travis, real quick before we move forward, a uh, little fact that I learned. Do you know this is the second time that Teddy Bridgewater has lost his job to Sam Darnold? <laughs> when was the first? Yeah, uh, apparently the, first? the Jets. When was he on the Jets? Yeah, when was Teddy B on the Jets? I was I was I was reading this uh, earlier today. Uh, someone was talking about how that uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, had a stint on the Jets. Was that after his injury? That might just be something so. that I completely I'm looking, it up right now. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, he I am as well. For t- on 2018, I guess. Yeah. yeah he, so that makes that's kind of yeah, funny. 2018. It's and the second in that year, he yeah. got traded to the Saints. So yep. Mm-hmm. Was he but still recovering at that point? Or it I, has a little but still, next to it, so I don't know if it... So uh, still, he did get beat out. <laughs> yeah. Go Sam Darnold. So, so he's one of those guys that everybody loved, everybody loved. Now everybody's giving him a break, so Darnold has his last chance. So if he, they don't, guess what? If he doesn't play well, they're going to be picking high next year, and then that's the end of Darnold's career. So they're giving him a year to really figure it out, I think. Yeah, and they restructured uh, Bridgewater's contract too. He's cheap, three million bucks, man. It's yeah, for a six round, Pan- right? Panthers are holding on to a lot of that money, which is uh, going to be interesting, but worth it for them. Who they're not really contending for it, so they can waste a little bit of money this year for the future. Uh, makes a little more sense and shows Darnold that they trust him, which is scary to say. All right, let's move into the big trade of last or two weeks ago now. Wow, 13 days ago. Dropped the day after. Time flies, dude. 
Okay, earlier it would have been nicer, but hey, uh, what can you do? So Josh Abers traded away pick 103. Oh, I don't have the entire picks. I just know it was 103, a second, and a third to Mr. Christopher Pickering for Chase Claypool, a 2022 first, and a 2023 first. I'm going to start off by just saying the Chase Claypool saga has been fun if you just keep bringing it backwards. So Chase Claypool got drafted by Harris, then traded for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was picked up by pick in a trade with Pap from Mike Evans, actually, in the original trade. So Mike Evans ended up making out for all these picks, I guess, in a little way, uh, the Marquez uh, addition to that. So interesting to see. Must have hurt Harris to see his guy go for this much, a guy that he drafted and gave away for nothing. So uh, sorry, Harris. Next year, pay a little more attention. Um, let's see. Pap, what do you think about this trade? Uh, as much as I've poked uh, Jabers at delaying his team from further greatness, I actually like it for a few different reasons. Uh, the 2022 class – uh, I feel like it's going to have a little bit more promise than the 2021. And that might be crazy to say right now, especially since I have three picks. But, I mean, we were talking about today, Travis, after you get past the first 10 picks, you know, like, you you know, you get past Kyle Pitts, you get past like those five or six wide receivers and those three or four good running backs that, you know, that might have some success. It just seems like it's a very sharp cliff. And so uh, I think Jaber's moving back. I mean, sure, he's getting the, the 103, but getting uh, Chase Cl- He's a, a physical monster, and he's been—he was clearly utilized as a reliable player on the Steelers last year. I think this is a good move for Jabers. Uh, it's not going to do him too much harm. And if Chris is t- continues to have some small hiccups with other injuries or any other struggles, I think this co- could come back and reward Jabers in the long run. Bulls, you agree? Uh, I can see it go two different ways. Um, I like it as it stands now right because i always like playing the long game right so i'm always i personally i trade stuff away to get stuff and you know turn second rounders into studs um so that's kind of how i see it from jaber's perspective is he has to hit on those picks and it depends on where pick falls but as of right now i'm i'm a fan because jaber's needs some wide receivers so he gets some help right away with claypool right um not like a sure number one but maybe a or two or a really good flex option. And then he still has pick four, right? Um, yep. And then he's getting a f- another first next year and a first the year after that. So, you know, that could be some, some stud quarterback or, so, you know, that could turn into massive amounts of points in the future. Um, and then for pick side, like he goes up and he's going to get, now he has what 101 103 105 yes he does like so watch out you know now that i'm think now that i'm saying it out loud i'm saying wow like those picks next year and the year after that are going to be kind of high up jabers you know <laughs> <laughs> have uh, faith look at the rest of the league though on the board you know look at it. i know but you got to look at the rest of the league too guess what yeah. there's a lot of competition at the top which makes me at yeah. least everything's a crapshoot but at least that makes me feel a little better about it yeah no absolutely right like last year we had how many teams that were like 
neck and neck going into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like how many teams just missed the cusp by like one game or two? Yeah, we don't games, talk about right? that. Like, we don't talk. You know about what that. I mean? But like, <laughs> there there was a big discrepancy, and I think this move brings Jabers closer to the fold, and I think maybe this will give Mike a run for his money. Um, I really don't want to see Kamara score 64 or whatever, how many points it was against me in the championship game again. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that, Oh, knock Mike's uh, record down a little bit. We'll see. So for anybody who needs running backs, I'd like to say Mr. Pickering is going to have plenty of them. He has Barkley and Montgomery on his roster right now with Melvin Gordon and Mostert. There's four starters, Chris Carson. There's a fifth starter. He's about to draft Najee Harris. There's a sixth starter. And I'm assuming ETN, which is going to be a seventh starter. This kid is going to be loaded at running backs. Loaded. Not saying they're all top end guys, but oh my goodness. Watch out for that. Colin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't say it too loud. Don't say it too loud. I, I also wanted to say another thing that I really like about Jaber's move with this is as we get closer and closer to uh, or as we get as we continue to progress with Jaber's getting more and more picks and more and more capital for the future. Uh, I know you mentioned, Travis, that we're slowly seeing teams get older and start to lose depth. And we're going to eventually reach a cliff where Jaber's all that capital, you know, it's going to be a uh, those teams are going to be put in a. Uh, New Orleans Saints situation. They don't really have the ability to move. They've reached their limit, and then they're going to have to trade, and they become one of those bottom barrel teams. And if Jabers does this enough, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be what you were two or three years ago, where you had some of the best. And, all that. and, yeah. and now you're in a position now where you you can manage that. For as much crap I give Jabers, he's playing dynasty the way you rebuild, and he's doing it the right way, but. Got to hit on those picks. That's the whole. Po- that's Eggs. the whole. That's the toughest part about this. You can have all the picks you it's want. It's the name of the game. Yep. It's the yeah, Miami Dolphins. It doesn't matter They're if I don't hit on them. Like the Browns that <laughs> drafted in the first round, the top ten for the ten years in a row and didn't do it. So you never know. Everybody rebuilds a little different. <laughs> all right, talking about the draft. Let's move into it. So today we're gonna start with. It's gonna go Pap, then myself, then Abers, then Leboulier. We're going to go just one through four, make our way down. Don't forget the guys that were drafted before you, please. Let's uh, not have any duplicates. And uh, I'm going to just start it off by saying the Jacksonville Jaguars and Evan Pap is on the clock. What do you think? All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's really, really tough thought. I had to put a lot of effort into it and uh, do a lot of research. But uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go with uh, Justin Fields. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, for the QB for the Jaguars. Guy who, you know, he loves football. Even Urban Myers was said it was talking about it at uh, Trevor Lawrence's pro day. I mean, the fans love him so much that they already uh, started gifting him toasters and donating twenty grand to uh, charities in his name. I mean, he he's. Uh, I mean, I don't need to get something that we already know, but he's a generational quarterback. He's had some of the best uh, stats that we've seen come out of college, and he's just a freak. Like he's he's six six. He's two twenty. This guy's. This guy can sling the ball, and he, uh, with the weapons that he's going to have in, uh, behind him in uh, in Jacksonville, with uh, DJ Chark, with LaVisca Chanel, and then uh, with Marvin Jones, you know my, my guy Marvin Jones. Uh, but with having those, we- yeah, <laughs> uh, having those weapons, it, I, I think 
just with how young that team's going to be and with the rumors that they might even try to take a running back later on in the first two, like I think they're going to be really ooh. building this team. Yeah. <laughs> building around Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, I think, I think that's their primary focus and I think they could be a force we reckon with uh, if they play their cards, right? Kind of like a Javers move. All right. I was I saying it. that's because the Bulls went, Bulls wouldn't like that too much. Yeah. Bulls, oh, I know. But hey, he's a, hey. I mean, James James Robinson's an undrafted free agent, so I mean, it, it, it's it's smarter for them to you know utilize that first round capital. So, all right. So next up is going to be myself with the New York Jets. As much as I hate to say it, I don't think it's the right pick, but the Jets are going with Zach Wilson, QB BYU. So Zach Wilson, three year starter at BYU. First two years, he was he was a guy. First year he threw twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. Second year eleven and nine, not good, not good stats at all. Um, senior year last year or junior year last year, uh, threw for thirty three touchdowns, three interceptions. BYU, not the greatest competition. Don't really have to go against the top defenses, but for some reason he's their guy. He can throw the ball. He slings it. Everybody's just looking for that next Josh Allen, the next Mahomes, the next raw talent that you can make into whatever you want and. The Jets are going with Zach Wilson, which the scariest thing about it is his comparable is Johnny Manziel, which is just funny to me that uh, he could end up being the same type of guy. Uh, good for the Denzel Mims, the Corey Davis. They don't have a running back Chris or a tight end. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think they have a running back or a tight end. So this team, this team needs, uh, needs a haul. This is going to take a couple years to get him to where they need to be, especially with their defense not where it needs to be. So – my guess is they're going to be picking uh, in the top five or six again next year, maybe even higher than that. Um, and I'm going to put Abers on the clock with San Francisco. All right. I mean, we know there's been a lot of controversy as of late. 49ers gave up a shit ton to trade up, trade up to number three, and I just, I just can't like fathom them trading up this high to go get Mac Jones, which a lot of people think. Even a Trey Lance, I can't see that either. He's I love Trey Lance. I love the intangibles. He's just too much of a project. I'm going to go with my dude. He should be, in my opinion, the number two pick, Justin Fields. I don't understand all the hate around Justin Fields. Um, he's just – he's got it all, man. He's an insanely accurate passer, wicked athletic. He's going to be great, a great game. He's a true dual-threat quarterback. He was the number one recruit coming out ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he went to Georgia. He got about – it got beat out by Jake Fromm somehow. I don't know. But anyway – he transferred to OSU, set the world on fire, and I, I just don't see how you couldn't go with Justin Fields here at this spot. He, I, there are concerns that have came out as of late that I, epilepsy concerns or something along those lines, but from everything I've heard, that he doesn't, it's not going to affect him playing football. It, this is like something he's managed his whole life. It never affected him in college. Why should it affect him in the NFL? And I think this is the easy pick at Justin Fields. Don't overthink it. Yeah, so a couple just points that you made. So other members of his family had the same epilepsy, and they actually grew out of it. I didn't know that was something that could happen, but ended up growing out of it. And the Jake Fromm thing, so he came on that freshman year. Jake Fromm had made it to the national championship the year before, so he wasn't going to win that job. So he kind of had to make his move over there. Um, Laboulier, you are on the clock with Atlanta. This is when the draft gets fun. So this pick's tough. Because I know who they're going to take, but I don't think it's who they should take. Um, they really need someone who can rush 
the passer. So I was looking at their stats. They average uh, as a team last year. They did. They had 29 sacks. The league average was 41. So, and they lost a lot. And I think it's because they put zero pressure on the quarterback last year, like none whatsoever. So I would love to see them go after a you know defensive end or like an outside linebacker who's just you know disgusting at rushing the passer, but. After I took a little trip down to Gainesville last week and toward mm-hmm. the campus and interviewed mm. and interviewed some people, <laughs> I, uh, it reassured their pick for me, and they're going to go with Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. Time to put up 60 points a game. Don't need defense when you can do that. Yeah, that offense. <laughs> so, Laboulier, my question to you is, if there was a DN, because this year it seems like there's no DNs with that caliber. If you you think if there was a DN with that caliber, they would be going that way instead? Absolutely, I th- yeah, I, th- they- I think so because I mean the there's one defensive end that I know. That's the only reason that I know him is because he's from Providence. So I don't, you know. And even then, I was watching film, and it's not like great. Still projected first rounder, I guess, but. Not, it's not like you're walking out and Jadavian Clowney's coming out in the draft, right? You know what I mean? Like, I think if you had someone that was that, it was had it all put together, like had the moves to get around the linemen, had like that explosive speed off the line. I, I think it's a no brainer for me to to take that here, right? Um, and really help out your your offense is already disgusting. They also need a running back. I think that's their only weakness right now on, on offense. Um, you have a manageable tight end. Um, you know, your line's okay. It's not awful. It's okay. Um, you have two stud wide receivers, uh, you know. So I think they're taking him because he's the best player at that position. And if you don't take that, then you're not going to get any help at tight end later on in the draft. Um, and I think it's just going to help really spread out opponent defenses, especially when you're going against Tampa Bay and you're going against um, New Orleans and, you know, some teams that have those some, games are going to be fun. Right? That's just like, going to be points, it's just points, gonna be points, 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 points. Right. So um, points, points, points. I think, I think they're doing this here so that way they can try and compete in those games and maybe boost their conference record a little bit. And, um, you know, and, and I think Kyle Pitts is the real deal. Like he is the real deal. Um, He's going to be fun. So it's going to be, an, it's going to be an awesome offense to watch next year um i just think from you know looking at their team and what it needs their defense is really lacking and i think that's somewhere that if i'm a gm i'm looking to address that um and and who knows maybe they will later on in the draft i think you know they might get away or trade or you know pick someone up later on that that could definitely help them do that no definitely all right pap you get the next fun pick cincinnati I literally, I, I literally sat here uh, when we decided who was going to go where, and I, I mean, you know who I want. Um, I, mean, I know we talked about it, how you know if, if they take Jamar Chase, I'm, I'm going online and I'm buying the white Bengals Jamar Chase jersey instantly. Um, for, those new jerseys are pretty. Sick. I, I've even talked. Yeah, they are, and I. I Wanted to go there. Uh, there's there's two things that I see happening, and they involve the same player. One, the Bengals draft Penny Sewell, 
uh, or two, the Chargers trade up and draft Penny Sowell. Uh, and uh, the reason why I doing? go with that logic, uh, I'm going Bengals take Penny Sowell. Uh, right. Reason being behind that, Joe Bar- Joe Burrow. He, I mean, he he's a solid quarterback, and at the end of the day. They're going to have the opportunity to grow and nurture their wide receivers or draft someone later on in the, in the, uh, in, in the draft if they need to. But right now you've got Tyler Boyd. You've got T. Higgins. They both did phenomenal last year, and they left so much room for improvement. And this is a draft that's very heavy with quality O-linemen. You know, Penny did amazing with the Oregon Ducks. Uh, I mean, he opted out downside. He opted out for 2020 and stuff like that. But he really flashed. And there's really no true weak team. I, I, yeah, there were some times where he kind of just he kind of just was too close to the ground or he was too much on the ground. But he, he's, a, he's a wall. And I feel like if he keeps working the way that he is, force that everyone is worried about. Uh, on that O-line. And so, I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be there for years to come. And so if you throw a penny there as well, you wait a few years, you'll get a wide receiver that's a true elite uh, pass catcher there. It, they're going to be unstoppable for years to come. Yeah, that's the that's a decision everybody's making. It's either going to be Sewell or it's going to be Chase. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the clock now at pick six. And I think Miami's in the same exact boat. They're going to wait there and say, if Sewell comes to us, that's fine. We just traded Eric Flowers away. We need another tackle. But if Chase is here, that's my pick. So at pick six, I'm going to be taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. Everybody knows this guy's a freak. He opted out last year, but the year before he was beating out Jefferson, he was he was the best receiver in the nation two years ago with Joe Burrow. It would have been nice to reunite him, but I'm going to take him and go put him with Tua and let those two guys flourish. So – Miami took Tua in the first round last year, so they need to help him out. Devontae Parker isn't making the separation that he needs to anymore. He's uh, getting a little older. He's more of a jump ball guy, so they don't have a true alpha for him to uh, go up and get the ball. So giving Tua Jamar Chase is going to be beautiful. He's going to walk in there, be a wide receiver two day one, and just light the league on fire. Hey, he's only got one year left on the contract too, Travis. Who does? Uh, Parker has one year left Parker? on his contract. Oh, beautiful. And so does uh, yeah. what's his name yeah. that just Fuller. got traded. Yep. Fuller, yeah, Will Fuller. Left too. Yep. So, yeah, so it's going to be Chase's team. Yeah. Yep. It's the future. He's exactly what everybody's going to want. He's going to be the 102 in every single rookie draft. Maybe the 103 if somebody really needs a running back, but he's a freak. Look up his metrics. Look up his um, game film. He goes against these top cornerbacks that we're going to be talking about, talking about around pick nine, ten. And uh, he torches them. It's not fun. So he's the man. And I'm going to pass it on to Abers and pick seven for Detroit. All right. And this one's not too hard. After you decided to um, – after Path went uh, Penny Swell and you went Chase, it's kind of like – it's a no-brainer who to go here. The Lions, they – I think they have their quarterback for now. They need don't need to worry about it. Honestly, I feel like this is one of those candidates for somebody to trade up and come take this spot from them, but they also have a huge glaring need at wide receiver. So in this spot, I think you can go one or two places. You could go Devonta Smith or Jay Luano, the two studs out of Alabama. But I think in this case, you got to go Devonta Smith. you got to go Devonta Smith, the highest win winner. Yep. He's, I, I, people are making such a big deal about him being underweight. But guess what? He, it doesn't, people, 
like think that people the press coverage is the game changer when it comes to him he's going to get pressed he's going to get jammed every single time at the line and that's just not how it's going to go he's actually the league leader in successful breaking off of press coverage in college he was like no i think he was literally number one he was jammed all the time in college it didn't matter the dude's that insane ball skills insane hands runs a great routes he's so fluid he's so fun to watch and i think he's going to step in and be the number one wide receiver day one over in detroit like who else have they got quintus cephas um <laughs> and that's it I, I, <laughs> who did they just sign <laughs> And it's just, it, I think in this case, you go positional need, it, it wide receiver, Devon Smith, and it's it's not that hard of a decision. No, nah, it's a great pick. Jim. It's going to help him out for uh, some time. Pap, you have something else to add on? I was I was just going to say, so, so Javers, let's say they decided not to, because I, I, I mean, obviously I was talking about this in the uh, in the chat. If they decide to trade back, though, you know, do we think the Patriots are making that move or Travis, you were saying they? Uh, I think you do. I think this, you're is, this worried is the about area the where the trades are going to happen. I think you're worried. Of, you're worried about the Saints nipping at your heels. We're worried about the bears. You're worried about potential other couple teams mm-hmm. too. You could worry, be worried about um, Washington potentially. So, I mean, I think you got to trade it up to seven or eight. If you're going to pick a quarterback personally. Yeah. yeah Cause I agree. I agree with what you're saying on Devonta. He's, I mean, have you guys seen the list of awards that he won for 2020? It's just. Oh, yeah, he was the best player in the nation. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, up next, we got LeBouillier. And... So this one's tough because I'm torn between two people. Um, they need a cornerback. They're, I mean, if you look at their roster, I, I don't even know who the hell those people are that they have at cornerback. Um, so for me, it's between Patrick Sertain the second and Caleb Farley. Um, the problem with Farley is that he's injury prone. Well, I wouldn't say injury prone. He had that back issue. Um, yeah, he's coming off an injury. He's fully healthy right now. Um, he actually just got COVID draft tomorrow, um, which should be fine by the time that he's. Bulls, I have a question for you. Where did he go to college? Oh, good old Virginia Tech. Um, All right, keep going. And before the injury, he was clear-cut number one cornerback in the draft, like hands down. Like he dropped out of college last year because they they told him he was going to be a top ten pick, and he just trained for the draft. That was Sertain didn't. Sertain played, and he played really, really, really well. Um, he doesn't have those injury designations, so I think this is a toss-up. Um, I think I have to go certain here because he doesn't have the back injury. Right. And he's an unbelievable corner. I think both of those guys are neck and neck either way. They decide, I think they're going to be happy with what they choose. I was looking at ESPN mock drafts today. They had Farley. I was looking at like NFL. Drafts. They had certain. Um, I'm going with certain just because he doesn't have that. Uh, who knows what the deal is injury situation at the back. So Patrick Sertain the second, Alabama. Back-to-back Alabama picks. Love to see it. Pat, you're going to go back-to-back-to-back with uh, Denver at pick nine? (laughs) Well, see, (laughs) now – because 
I was going to take Patrick Sertain for those. That's okay. That's okay. I had a, a possible backup in mind. I was looking at their team because uh, similar to Bulls. I, I have stuff. You know, off the top of my head, I don't really know of any notable uh, cornerbacks that are that are with the Broncos right now, but. The Broncos themselves, you know, they are a team that always has relied on focusing on defense. I think that they're said defense uh, moving forward. There's always the chance, obviously, too, because you know, sweet spot, like we were talking about, that they do trade back and try to uh, utilize that the the left having needs. Uh, but on the assumption that they don't trade back, I'm actually going to have them take Jalen Phillips. Uh, I think a pretty good uh, uh, defense. Uh, he played at UCLA uh, for his first two years, then transferred to Miami uh, for the last two. Uh, he, uh, I, I really do believe that he is going to be able to provide a explosive uh, weaponry to their defense. Uh, that, that 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 defensive powerhouse that the Broncos usually are known for, uh, with all their other guys coming back from being uh, opted out, I think it's going to really put them in a better position defensively because last year it, it really was gross. All right. Love to hear it. So we're here and at pick 10, I have Dallas. So if we're talking about another team that just needs defense and needs defense more than anything, it's Dallas. Uh, last year they were real ugly. It was partially because uh, – Superstar quarterback went down, but another reason was because those cornerbacks were terrible. So, to add on to this little run, I'm going to change it up, and I'm actually going to go J.C. Horn. Love it. Oh, I had him. I had him at Arizona. I love it. Yeah, so, J.C. – oh, I just had him up. South Carolina, I believe. So, yeah, J.C. Horn coming out of South Carolina, 21 years old. He dominated all the workouts, dominated everything like that, jumped himself up the board. He was playing against everybody's number one last year, and I think he's the guy. He believes he's the guy. He's getting all the big talks from all of the current cornerbacks who are loving his how he plays, how he's not afraid, how he's manning everybody up. So I think he's going to be the guy that Dallas needs. They got rid of Byron Jones a couple years ago and never really – I got trained on Diggs last year, but um, you need you need more than one guy there. So, with uh, pick ten, I'm going to be picking J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. Uh, Jabers, you are on the clock with points. Fun, fun, fun. All right, so I was really contemplating here going wide receiver um, after the signing of Kenny Galladay. Um, they still could use a little help at the number two spot, but looking at just team needs and just construction of football teams and the uh, just the positional value, um, you, I think you got to bolster that offensive line. It come, having Saquon coming back, protect Daniel Jones, give him some time, throw to your big targets and Kenny G. Um, Sterling Shepard still a solid number two. Um, I think Darius Slayton still a solid target there too. You don't need to go so you don't need to reach on a wide receiver here. So I think you go with the be- second best uh, tackle in the class in Rashawn Slater. He can also play guard and center, but um, I think he was a stud over there at Northwestern. He's um, a little undersized, but um, 
everything I've seen, he's had great footwork. Um, he's got a little bit shorter arms too, but he's so athletic that you he can make up for that tackle. But that also, if that's such a big issue at the next level, you can easily swing this dude in the guard or center, and you'll have no problem with them, and you'll be completely happy with that selection. So I think you got to hear if you're the Giants bolster that offensive line, help your quarterback. You got the weapons. Just, you know, don't overthink it either. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid pick. That's going to help out what they want to do in their future because they need to keep Daniel Jones upright so he can actually throw to Kenny Galladay, who they just gave all the money to. So, pretty pretty nice pick there. Uh, next up, we have 12. we got Philadelphia and Labouille. Um. So, now that two of the three best corners are off the, the block here. I'm going Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, Philly. They need a cornerback. Um, that's where I'm going. All right, nice and easy. We already heard all about them. So we can move on to the next pick. We got Pap and the Chargers at pick 13. Hey, so before we went through Bulls's, uh, my mic kind of cut out. So I actually didn't hear who he picked uh, for the Eagles. Could you just go over that one real quick? Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley. Farley. Okay, perfect. Uh, so then that, that works out for me either way. Then Chargers, uh, Bulls, I'm going to go with none other than Christian Derisaw. Uh, uh, I think, you know, <laughs> if we're on the top – the best offensive lineman, you know. I mean, Jabers, you took the guy that I was planning to go with, so naturally I have to fall to the third. Uh, I think he's just the type of he from day one until whenever he retires, he's going to provide that long term ability and that need, and he's going to be a true quality uh, uh, player for their team. Uh, Justin Herbert's definitely going to. It's not Pennsylvania well for sure, uh, but if they do trade up, you know they'll grab him there. But if not, I think this is your your next best bet, having a safe quality uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, and uh, go Virginia Tech back to back, right back there. to back, baby. <laughs> the beautiful thing to see. All right, so we're going through a little bit of uh, offensive line, uh, some cornerbacks. I think I'm going to just blow this whole draft up. At pick 14, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be taking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State University. So right now they have Kirk Kirk Cousins only for another two years, I believe. I believe he has this year and one year after that on a big contract, all fully guaranteed. Trey Lance is more of your sit him for a year, let him learn an offense, and I feel like this is a place that he could go. He could sit behind Cousins for a year and next year really compete for a job. Because Cousins is one of those people that isn't loved too much, and he can get beat out. He's been he's been beat out before. He's getting a little older. He's 34 years old. Didn't have the best year last year, so I feel like this is an offense where he sits behind for a year, ends up going taking. I think Gavin Cook was happily ever after. Uh that's that's where I'm going with that. Just because I don't. That in Minnesota. It looks more like a Green Bay pick from last year where Green Bay took uh, – somebody help me out. Jordan Love. Yeah, they took Jordan Love last year. That was later on in the first round. This is a little earlier, but I don't think they have any huge holes. Obviously, they could take a cornerback for the eighth year in the row because that's all they ever do is take cornerbacks and D-linemen. 
Their offense is pretty good. They got Jefferson. They have Thielen. They have they have pretty much everything they need. They could help out at O-line. I actually had Christian Darisaw going here, but with the top three tackles off the board, I was thinking that there wasn't another one that should go this high. So I'm just going to take the best player available and grab Trey Lance. All I right. like it. It's a good pick. Abers, you get the most fun pick. Mm-hmm. You get the Patriots at pick 15. So where are we going? I mean, you – you made this easy. I thought I was going to have to choose between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. And um, at 15, I go Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama, and making this way too easy on me. Obviously, everybody knows Pat's is quarterback of the future. Cam Newton ain't it. We built – I mean, we spent all the money in free agency. You have – this guy is – if Mac Jones can come in, I think it could start day one. He could win that job in camp. He's the most pro-ready starter, in my opinion – he ran that Alabama offense, won that national championship. And if he's the type of guy, I don't think he's going to be like top five quarterback pretty much ever in his career, but he's such a safe floor guy. He's such a, like, he's going to be in that, you know, five to 10 to 12 quarterback range his whole career. But he's going to, if you have those weapons around him, we have the solid O line. You have the, you have the two solid tight ends. You have enough wide receivers around him. He's going to be able to, we're going to, I think your pass are a day one playoff team with Mac Jones, a quarterback, easy plug and play. Do you think he would win the job this year? I think he could. Mac Jones, he, like I said, I think he's the most pro-ready quarterback. I think he could win that job back day one. And we all know that Bill loves uh, Alabama and anything to our best friends. That is a great pick. And I think that Patriots fans would be jumping for joy, not having to move and get a quarterback. Because I think that's the biggest question mark right now is how high the Patriots would have to move to get the guy they wanted. All right, next up we have pick 16. We're in the second half. We have Laboulier and the Arizona Cardinals, which every I would think that they would have been picking earlier than 16. So very middle. I feel like a defensive scout here because I'm – or at least a cornerback scout because I'm going with another cornerback here. I think Arizona Needville bad, and I think they're going with uh, the Jim Thorpe Award, which is the top defensive back winner in uh, Trayvon Morig out of TCU. Safety, right? He's a safety. Is he, uh, yeah, he, is he a safety? Yeah, he's a yeah, he's yeah. a safety. safety. He's safety. I he's, still think they yeah. need still think they need that that help on the uh, on the backside. I, I still think they take him there. No, that makes sense, especially after losing yep. Peter, Peterson this past year. They just need to bolster up that secondary. Their D line's looking as good as ever now that they have Watt and. I mean, yeah. I mean, in 2019, he was voted Big Ten uh, first team All Big 12. He had 62 tackles, one and a half for loss. He had four interceptions and 11 pass breakups. He had two forced fumbles. He's he flies, flies around the field, ready to go he at had, all times. This year, he had 47 tackles. Two of them were for loss, two interceptions, and he had nine nine pass breakups. I mean, that's two back to back solid years. I mean, I, I like him there. I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, that's a beautiful pick. I think that defense would be real happy to help out there. All right, Pap, you got a fun pick with Vegas here at pick 17. Yeah, I've – oh, man, I have – What they need more. They have so much need. 
that I've been Instagram between like Micah Parsons, shout out to my middle name, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, and uh, as well as the likes of like Gregory Rousseau for like an edge rusher. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like we, I keep going back to it, uh, but I, I'm going to go uh, offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker uh, from USC. I think he provides a more versatile, mobile, and sturdier uh, component to their O-line. Derek Carr, I think, will definitely utilize that uh, to his advantage, be able to uh, start getting a, a good rhythm with the uh, rookies, or not the sophomores, I should say, uh, in Brian Edwards and I guess – I, I guess Henry Ruggs. I have no idea. Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing it was an advertisement. I'm guessing it was an advertisement. No, I think it's me. Uh, I, I think yeah, an advertisement me played. Sorry about that, guys. No, no uh, how we get per click. We we get uh, money for that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's going to help them, uh, give them a better uh, opportunity to grow uh, between Derek Carr and Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. So I, I think that's really the, the right. Yeah, it makes sense for them as a team who pretty much unloaded their whole offensive line this offseason mm-hmm. between cutting guys <laughs> and moving guys. They needed to grab one. So that definitely makes sense. Um, at pick 18, the Miami Dolphins are going to help out their defense. They got Jamar Chase in the early first. Late first, we're going Mika Parsons, linebacker, no. Penn State. <laughs> so the only <laughs> issue with this guy, if he had no off-the-field problems, I think he's a top six pick, top eight pick. But he's kind of a messed up dude. So that's What's the issue, Travis? I just can't put my finger in it. <laughs> Uh, he likes his sick fingers and butts, and he, he's just kind of he's a weird dude. But uh, he followed Sandusky to Penn State. He thought he <laughs> and now he's going to Miami, where they could use some help on the defense. Uh, gonna be the head of that defense, the head of the linebacking core, and he he was a stud. He was the best linebacker in the nation last year, pretty easily, and he's the guy. So Mika Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, heading to Miami. Abrams, pick 19. No quarterbacks left. What are you going to do with Washington? Oh, man. So, um, looking at this, I was, again, tempted to go wide receiver for a team like this. So, I mean, after getting Curtis Samuel and they have Scary Terry there, it's like they have a solid one-two punch. They're another team that, you know, needs a little bit of linebacking help. They obviously have that dominant dominant defensive line but why not bolster it with this another addition to your linebacking core you're going to take the second best linebacker fortunately you took mika parsons from me but i may butcher this name but out of notre dame you got jeremiah owusu koromoa <laughs> beautiful that was a beautiful job wow I get it? <laughs> wow i, I mean that was pretty good huh i'm keeping a running of of the draft as we go and and i'm just gonna put gibberish in uh <laughs> in my uh, oh i thought i did pretty here. good i thought you did no no that was just awesome fun. that was awesome i i just can't repeat it back or spell it so we're putting gibberish <laughs> in the book no i think i think he's the second best linebacker in this class absolutely yes yeah so second best linebacker in this class um definitely not it, it, 
definitely big body guy, 6'2". I mean, a little, uh, you could say he's a little underweight at 215, but I think it's solid. Um, he's great in coverage, so he's going to be one of those, you could have him as one of those you know, new age hybrid linebackers too, and you can move him into middle linebacker too. So he's going to fly, he's going to be all over that defense. Um, and he's just going to be a solid pick. He's a, somewhat of a, of a fast dude for a linebacker, 4'6'2". That's nothing to sneeze at when it comes to a big body linebacker. So I think he's going to he's gonna be a solid pick, and Washington's going to build around defense. Beautiful. That defense is going to be unbelievable. If Ryan Fitzpatrick can figure it out, that defense with that line, now getting another linebacker to put in that linebacker core, that defense is going to be a top two or three defense. They just need Fitzpatrick to uh, – Get some points on the board. It's going to be beautiful to see. All right, next up, we have a team that used to have a really good defense two years ago. Last year was pretty good and still trying to figure it out with the Chicago Bears pick 20. All right, so I think they they definitely need defensive help, like so bad. They need it so bad. Um, they need a quarterback too, um, unfortunately. So unless they trade up and get someone, um, which I don't think is going to happen because they just made that stupid move to pick up Andy Dalton. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get what their thought process was there. And I hope that they don't screw this pick up, um, especially after trading away one of the nation's best cornerbacks, another VT grad, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they go and they draft Asante Samuel Jr. Um, and I hope that, you know, I hope their thinking here is that they he lives up to his father's uh, legacy, and you know, just becomes a stud for him, right? Um, you know, Sante Samuel Jr. FSU. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Pap, we got Indianapolis in pick twenty-one. Yeah, so I kept bouncing back between offensive lineman and uh, an edge rusher, uh, similar to the uh, the Raiders. Uh, as much as I hate uh, Carson Wentz, sorry, Strazik, uh I think one thing that's going to help him the most is uh, an O-lineman. Uh, someone, I mean, like I said, O-lineman, we got a ton of them. And uh, my my choice would be none other than Samuel Cosme uh, out of uh, Texas, and I think that he's going to. I mean, since since his freshman year, it be a mid round uh, first or second pick uh, within that window, and I think you know with how, how with how many people have already gone, this is the the right time for them to grab someone because. Come with a second or third. We're not going to have this level of uh, O lineman that that he'll need to keep performing, or to I should say start performing. Uh, as uh, as uh, Carson Wentz definitely uh, needs uh, more protection. So uh, that's that's the guy that I'm going with. He's got enormous upside. Uh, he could easily be a underappreciated uh, O lineman who develops into a long term player for them. Wow. Yeah. So. You've got a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of cornerbacks coming off the board. This is going to be an interesting draft because I think a lot of teams are going to be moving around right around now. So next up, we have Abers with the Titans at pick 22. Oh, man. I was looking at my board. I'm like, how the hell is this guy still here? Yep, this I was waiting for it. Real draft. <laughs> how is this here? It. I mean, I, I was good. They have so many vacated targets in this offense. They're going to go wide receiver, I think, here no matter what. Um, they lost Corey Davis. They lost John New Smith. That's wow, how many 
missing targets is that almost 200 or something like that 150 um so you're going to fill it in here with my opinion the third best wide receiver in the draft the absolute speed demon in Jalen waddle um the dude's absolutely electric with the ball in his hands all it, dude has great hands too he's actually a solid route runner uh he's not um just a straight line take the top off the defense though too he can go underneath he's got great lateral agility um he's gonna be if anybody i think has the highest ceiling in this draft when it comes to wide receivers i think it's Jalen waddle i think if anybody could be like truly elite, you know, top three wide receiver out of this class, it's going to be this dude. He can, he can do it all. And I think Jalen Wall this far in the draft is an absolute steal. Yeah, that's, I was waiting for that one. I would, I thought he was going to go to uh, Indianapolis, honestly, Indianapolis or Chicago. I was seeing that the last couple of picks. All right. So great pick there for Tennessee. Either they're going to be picking Jalen Waddle or, and Elijah Moore, I've been seeing a lot, so they're going to be getting their wide receiver to put next to A.J. Brown to, so he doesn't have to get 400 targets. He'll only get two, which will be good for him. <laughs> next up, we got the Jets at pick 23, so I'm going to be taking that one over. I've been looking back and forth on what to do. Usually I, when I take an offensive player earlier like I did with what did I do that with? with Miami, I'm going to do something similar with that, go offensive and defense. I'm going to get the best – Pure pass rusher, not a linebacker, not an outside linebacker, just a D end. Right out of Providence, Rhode Island, Quiddy Pay. I believe that's how you pronounce oh. it. So, yeah, Rhode Island yep, yep, you're right. Player of the Year. So, uh, no. great, great player. Uh, dominated, did everything he had to do at Michigan. Didn't play a lot of games, though, only had 19 collegiate starts. So, that's the reason that he gets moved down, is he's not, didn't get as much sight, but. Hand in the dirt, going to go get the quarterback. That's kind of what the Jets are looking for. They they want to be a defensive identity. They've always wanted to be that, especially getting the new coach in there um, from San Francisco. So they're going to be looking to if you have a defensive identity. They have to get a quarterback at pick two, but I think uh, he's going to get his guy at pick 23 with Quiddy Pay. Um, next up, oh, anybody want anything? I mean, it's me anyway. I was going to talk around the next pick. Um, right. Yeah, I was. I was going to say that's that's who I was debating on at four, right? Because like, yeah. Atlanta needs someone like that, um, and you know, taking that risk and getting Kyle Pitts, I think they're maybe banking on him falling into the second round. And I think if he's there in the second round, that, that's a no-brainer for them to take him. But I don't think he makes it there. Um, but I, I, I think, it, I think for him right like it goes back to that he's not Jadavion Clowney you know what I mean yeah the only guys taking we'll that see. high have been like Clowney the Bosa's um yeah who was it last year um oh Chase, uh, what's yeah Chase Young last yep. year so yeah he doesn't have that he doesn't have the highlight tape of those guys but he's the hand in the dirt guy this year there's a couple outside linebackers that will be rushing the passer that we'll probably be talking about in the next couple picks um but that's what we got there. I All mean, right, he's the cool. he's the he's the grinder, Travis. Yeah, he's the he grinder, is. right? Like, yeah. I don't know if you heard his story or not, but like, told his mom, it like because it's ten grand a year to go to uh, Bishop Hendrickson. His mom couldn't afford it, so his mom worked three. Sending to Hendrickson, I'll make sure that you never have to wait, work a day in your life again. So uh, you know, I ex- kind of expect big things out of him. So here we go. That's cool. That's real cool. I did not uh, know that. 
Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yep. What do you got? Oh, my God. I mean, the <laughs> fact that this guy, that Najee Harris is going to fall to 24 is mind-blowing, right? But if you look at every team Ball. that's before – if you look at every team that's before him, they don't need running backs, right? Yeah. So, like, Pittsburgh is getting away scot-free at this pick. Like, the fact that they don't have to trade up and go get him – and they can just let the best running back in the class fall to 24 is absurd, right? But I, this is, they need running back so bad. They didn't, they didn't resign, um, uh, cancer, uh, stage three, your, uh, your boy, like your boy, James. Yeah. So, so I think, <laughs> I think that they're, uh, this is a no brainer and they go Nashi Harris here. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Another given year, there could be a team that needed a running back earlier, which I agree with you. Would have taken Najee earlier, but like you said, there's no there, There's no one. I mean, you look up at the board and you're like, all right, maybe Atlanta, but I, I think mean, they go Miami, Kyle the Jets, the, uh, I'd say a little bit. Yeah, but I the mean, Miami the Jet, and the Jets the have Jets other too, issues. But, but they. Oh, they, I agree. They have bigger yeah, issues. Four, right? If Najee Harris is going to fall to. They can still get a stud running back in round two at the top. You know what I mean? So, yep, exactly. Uh, yep. And yep. whereas, I'm like, Atlanta. anti running back in the first round. So, uh, that's just my take on it. But, but I mean, <laughs> if you look at a player like this, how do you pass up a player like this? Right. I completely how, agree how with you, you. How do you pass this up? So, he fits their I mold they, perfectly. Yeah. I think they go Najee Harris here, and I think he's extremely successful. And I think. C-Pick is going to be extremely happy with the results uh, oh, yeah. this upcoming season. So, <laughs> Yep, there's the one-on-one. Uh, Najee Harris officially the one-on-one when he goes to Pittsburgh. All right, <laughs> next up, we got Jacksonville at pick 25 with Pat. All right, uh, unlike what uh, Bull said with Chris being really happy, uh, with Quiddy Pay off the board, uh, Bulls, you're not going to be happy, most likely, with my decision. <laughs> I really do believe. I don't know why. Like, I mean, because Christian Christian Barmore is still still available, right? No one's no one said him yet. Yeah, defensive he, tackle. Yep. So, like, that's one yep, guy that I, I think is like more of a safe a safe play. You know, uh, Bama, Bama Bama guy roll tide. You know, uh, national champion defensive MVP. I, I, I I think if if they really wanted to build that offense around Trevor Lawrence, what better way to do it than with Travis Etienne? Not only is he an elite rusher, but he's a very good pass catching running back as well. Uh, he's got numerous accolades. He fits the build of a solid running back, five foot ten, two fifteen. I, I think with that, he'll be able to help them bolster their running game. Now, yes, they have. James Robinson, uh, but if there's one thing I'm, I've learned with undrafted free a- agents, Rip, Philip Lindsay, uh, <laughs> it's that uh, their draft pedigree doesn't uh, keep them all around as long. The only, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, gents, the only uh, undrafted free agent agents that have had sustainable careers as running backs were uh, Arian Foster and Austin Eckler, right? There's no, there's no one else I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, those are the main guys. Yeah, yep. so um, with that being said, I'd say the most the, – the safer option would be Christian Barmer, but I'm going to go with Travis Etienne uh, building that offense around 
Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that's actually too crazy because Urban Meyer just loves those fast guys. If you're fast, you get plugged mm-hmm. into Urban Meyer's offense. And yep. ETN's got that next world zero to 60 speed, and he still runs a 4 4 at the top end, but he gets her in like a step. So I could, I wouldn't be, say this is too crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I don't know if I've seen it anywhere. That's my, that's the only craziness to me is this is uh, a little surprising because I just don't know if I've really heard that from too many people because of all the other holes they have to fill. But I guess if you can uh, bolster that offense that quick, if you can uh, change that offense that quick, that's one way to do it. All right, at pick 26, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I don't I've been going back and forth a little bit here. I think I'm going to go Zayvon Collins. Jim. I'm going to I'm going to help out their linebacking core. Uh Tulsa out of Tulsa, Zayvon Collins. So Oh, I hate you. Adam going to New where, Orleans. Where did you have him going? New Orleans. I had him going to New so Orleans actually, right after. A lot of a lot of have him go right to New Orleans and all of this. So he is your epitome of a middle linebacker. He's just going to sit there. Mm-hmm. He is athletic. He can make some moves. He has the range to make plays all over. So he's going to be the guy. Had a couple interceptions last year. I think it said four. So he's going to jump right into that defense. And they they keep getting defensive guys. You'd think that they would figure it out. But I'm thinking that this is the year that they get – two playoff wins last year they got one this year i'm thinking they get two because i am a baker believer so give them a little more help on defense because that offense is pretty pretty well stacked on what they need so next up we got another offense that's pretty stacked but has one hole to fill with jabers and baltimore all right so baltimore um so again you could go in a couple directions with this one but i think their biggest glaring need at this point is that defensive, that front seven, that defensive line. Um, they lost shoot on this past season, the Pats. They lost Yannick. I don't know where he went, but uh, they, they have a glaring need there. And I think you take the – probably the – he's the next best edge rusher. He can also play a little bit of linebacker, but – and I'm also going to butcher this name. Jason Owe out of Penn State. Um, he's a big dude, 6'5", 250, uh, super physical. He, he's his next level off the line speed, great – great run uh, defense. Um, he has a little bit of issues when it comes to uh, motor, I think, but um, I think he's going to be a great fit there with that huge glaring edge. He's going to be a, another centerpiece of that Baltimore defense. Do you know what's crazy about that guy? You know how many sacks he had what? last year? Boy, zero. Pull it up. He had zero sacks. Oh, yep. He is going to be a first-round pick coming just because of his pure athleticism, pure – body of work but he has he had zero sacks last year which is very interesting but he's uh has a four three seven so just get ready for this dude to be a freak athlete which people think that they can coach six, up five. So. oh yeah six five two fifty and that forty oh my god everybody's gonna be like I don't care. <laughs> yeah exactly I don't know if you can get guy up. maybe we'll put you at running back or something. I don't know. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna find ways to have that guy make plays. It's just interesting that a guy that highly drafted had zero sacks. He didn't just like get into a. I heard he plays a little soft. I heard he plays a little soft. Like he he makes contact and he doesn't like drive through. He as soon as he gets like into a like he's getting pass blocked, he has trouble getting off those. So um, he needs he definitely needs a little bit of technical work. You know, get those swim moves going. 
All right, love to hear it. All right, Bulls in New Orleans, a team that needs a little bit of everything, I'd say, at this point. Yeah, um, so you stole my uh, linebacker pick, so I'm going with what I think is the next best available in Jabril Cox. Uh, He's a North Dakota State transfer to LSU. Um, He was Defensive Player of the Year when he was at North Dakota State, and then he went to LSU, and he just didn't disappoint. LSU, hang on, I got the stats up here. Uh, He started 10 games. He had three interceptions. Uh, One was returned for a score. He had 58 tackles, six and a half for loss, broke up five passes, and he went to the Senior Bowl. I I think New Orleans takes Jibreel Cox here, if Zayvon Collins isn't there. (laughs) Yeah, New Orleans is one of those teams that is in cap hell, so they really need a hit on their rookies. That's the only way you can really get out of cap hell is if your cheap guys can play some meaningful minutes. So that's a big pick for them. All right, up next we got Pap in Green Bay. Maybe they'll take another quarterback this year or maybe another running back. (laughs) What do you got, Pap? You know, I (laughs) – I think they will make – the right call. And with that being said, I think it's going to be one of the Moors. I think it's going to be either Ron or Elijah Moore. Uh, if I had to pick one, Elijah Moore, he comes in just a little bit heavier technically uh, than Ron Moore did on their pro days. I think you know, I think a couple pounds, but he had a pretty good breakout age, really good 40-yard dash. And uh, overall, I mean, I, honestly, I was expecting him to go uh, Tennessee. Gavers. As well, I think he's super explosive. I think immediately off the line, great separation from defenders. He's got really solid routes. And uh, he's not the sturdy. He's Add that flexibility to the, to the offense and help uh, take some of the pressure off Devontae Adams. I think with both of them, uh, they're going to be great. I mean, incredible last year. I mean, sure, he's like I said, he's not the sturdiest uh, receiver, but if he can if he can beat him uh, off the line and can break out of that uh, that press coverage and make it just a beat him, I think with his speed and his easily be able to run laps around any defender that tries to stop. Yeah, he can be uh, Rogers' best friends really, really quickly. Oh, he he's a stud. He's one of those guys. Another Ole Miss. Ole Miss is just breeding wide receivers. Yep. So watch out, Ole Miss. He's gonna be an elite slot talent, in my opinion. He's gonna be phenomenal. Yep, and that's that's an offense that needs needs a second target because right now uh, they have one A and one B and one C and one D, and all those are just. The man, Devonta Adams. So, all right, next up we got Buffalo at pick 30. So my plan here all along was to take Travis Etienne and have a little bit of fun. But Etienne's off the board, and I don't think there's another running back that I want to take this early. So Buffalo was very close to winning, to making it to the Super Bowl and facing Brady and losing to them, but they did not because they could not get to Mahomes, even with uh, what they had going on. So I'm going to be taking – Gregory Russo, Russo here. So a the other Miami defensive end. So there's two of them. This guy is a lengthy. So he's 6'7", 266. Um, he is a big boy, 34. Uh, 
what does that say, 34 inch arms? I don't know, something big. So, just long limbs, even, even guy. So, he's just going to be your big guy trying to come off the edge. They sometimes work, they sometimes don't. I think Buffalo isn't in the most dire needs to really hit on a guy. So, I think if you get a guy with a little bit more raw, yeah, it works for them, especially with that defensive mind uh, coaching staff over there. So, I'm going to go with Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. Hey, you can't teach that, Travis. Can't teach that size. Yeah, you can't teach six seven with long arms. Right? You can't teach that. Jeez, yeah, six seven two sixty six. So yeah, just a, another freak. I think that's all you're looking for at the end of the first round is just a couple of guys that are freaks that can project into something because a lot of these later teams have already an established uh, good squad going on. All right, pick thirty one, Jabers. You get to make the second Baltimore pick. Are we going wide receiver here? Fun, fun, fun. No, we're not. We're filling that void that we traded away to Kansas City. We're drafting Kevin Jenkins. If you look at the dude's look at the dude's mugshot, he looks like Jake Tixera in the eighth grade. Look up the picture and tell me I'm wrong. Um, anyway, um, he's he's another big dude, six six three twenty. He this dude is incredibly strong. He uh, he's gonna toss people around when when they're rushing the rushing the passer. He's gonna be elite uh, pass uh, pass blocking talent. Um, I think he has footwork concerns. He's not he doesn't have the fastest feet, but um, he's gonna be. Uh, I think he's gonna be a one of the best tackles available to the spot, and you can't go wrong with it in a deep offensive line class, and especially in a huge position need for Baltimore. He's gonna be a plug and play day one starter, and he's gonna be a great asset for. And I'm trading out of Orlando Brown when you uh, when you weren't gonna resign him. Might as well take another shot at a guy like this that you're gonna have for four four years with a fifth year option. Yeah, that's a great choice. So what kept you away from wide receiver here? Um, I think it's a deep enough class that you don't you need, can tackles a bigger position in need. I'm a big proponent of building from the trenches out and you're especially in a, a team predicated around, you know, rushing the football and run, if run, you run. don't have that elite offensive if you don't have that elite offensive line that at least can buy you a little bit of uh, run blocking when you have two stud running backs and obviously Lamar Jackson. Uh, I didn't consider him as a running back right there. Um, <laughs> shout out to my boy, uh, Gus Abus. Um, you you got to draft the best tackle available. We're offensive linemen. I think Tevin Jenkins is a great spot. All right. Love to hear it. All right. Last up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got LeBoulier and a team bringing back 22 out of 22 starters, which is scary. I mean, that's the first time ever. First time I saw that tweet today. First time ever that a uh, Super Bowl winning team is bringing back 22 of the 22 starters in the modern salary cap era. That's gross. That is disgusting. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with again this upcoming year. Um, I think their biggest concerns is that some of their players are getting older. Um, you know, they have a lot of veterans that aren't going to be there long term. I think defensively that's more uh that's scarier than it is on their offensive side um specifically uh, like their edge rushing and cornerback position i think here they go edge rusher because ndamukong sue who the hell knows if he's going to get suspended again or no, <laughs> no one knows uh also he's 30 he's 32 plus years old right so like his career is 
dwindling down here, right? Like we, we don't expect them to be playing for that much longer. So I think they go edge here and I think they go Joe Tyron um, out of uh, Washington. He's six, five, two sixty. is 34 inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands, like big dude, big hands uh, can probably throw the ball really far. Uh, he's a red shirt junior. Um, he opted out of the 2020 season, so I think he falls a little bit farther because of that. I think that Tampa is able to scoop him here because of that. Um, in his sophomore season, he had 41 tackles, 12 and a half for for loss, and he had eight sacks in 13 games. Um, with and that was with 12 starts, so he had eight sacks in 12 starts. Uh, if I'm Tampa Bay, that's the exact type of person that I want to maybe start throwing in the mix you could throw them in right away or you could wait a couple of games and just let them learn. Um, because as much as I hate and time I can sue, um, he is a uh, really good player to learn from, right? You can learn a lot of techniques from him. So, um, I think it would be a good situation to put him in. And, um, and also Jason Pierre Paul is there can teach him how to rush. I, I think that's, that's an ideal situation for him. So. Yeah, and Shaq Barrett, that's going to be, that's a great place to learn, but all those guys are going to be up for contract again. Quick. Yeah. Yeah quick they're getting older so i think if you if you plug someone in there and you can you know still have them on a rookie salary like their rookie contract for four years right it's a four-year contract so you know you could have them sit there and pay them nothing and have them get you out of the now what 18 games you can have them get you uh or 17 games now 17 games now um you know if you keep that average up that's 13 sacks 14 sacks I'd take yeah. that. <laughs> I'd take that nice. as a defensive coordinator. I'd take that. Oh. So um, I think they take him there at 30. Talk about a team with an embarrassment of riches. Like you brought back everybody. You brought up your, you brought in your backups. I think 16 of their, their 16 highest snapped offensive players they're bringing back. So it's not even just their top 11. They're just bringing back their backup running backs. Their Antonio Browns, their backup wide receivers. They're bringing back everybody. Tampa Bay is scary. And the reason that they're able to do it is because they won the Super Bowl and everyone said, we're going to take pay cuts. Like, oh, how are they? Brady, you're back. taking a pay Let's cut? Run back. You're taking a pay cut? I'll take a pay cut. You you want to stay? Oh, you take a pay cut. Yeah, let's restructure all of our deals. Let's take, let's do this again. This was fun. <laughs> I think exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think Florida is going to be very pleased um, with how their football teams performed this year. Um, so we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, all three Florida teams are on the up and up. Miami had their first good year in a while last year. Jacksonville has the savior coming in, the pretty boy. And uh, Tampa Bay has the uh, original Pretty Boy and uh, TB12 down there. So uh, did did you mean Savior and Pretty Boy is the same person? Because Savior, I would think, would be uh, what's his name from Ohio State, and uh, Pretty Boy would just be Trevor Lawrence. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking Trevor Lawrence is everything to Jacksonville. <laughs> he could literally be <laughs> night and day. Yeah. All right. So the only other thing I had left was. Pap or LaVoulier, would either of you guys like to do a deep dive into your team? I know we're not prepared. If you say no, it's okay. But I was wondering if either of you want to do a little deep dive while I have you here. Yes. Throw it away. Go yeah. ahead. All right. Let's Bulls. Do it. I'm, I'm Bulls, already, it's already 2.30. I might as well. All right. Actually, Bulls? actually, you want, we'll to do, do you want to do Evan? Get Let him go to bed. Do Evan first and then do All me right. right after him. All right. Oh, no. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more hinting at 
like, it's gonna stay up the entire day. Just take some uh, espresso and some. Uh... All right, perfect. All right, Pep. So what we did last week with Jabers was we gave him a little bit of time to talk about his own team, and then I mm. talked trash about his team. So we're probably gonna do the same thing. So if you want to give what your team is, what your current players are, and what your plan is this year, you don't have to get too in depth, but if you want to, you can go for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so <laughs> my team's just a bunch of. Rogers, uh, <laughs> uh, other than maybe like Marvin Jones, uh, but other than that, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I got Cam Akers and uh, J.K. Dobbins. Happy with uh, how they've uh, developed last year. Josh Allen, he's just, I think he's a stud. I mean, he's just been going up and up and up, and just been trajecting towards that elite quarterback that I was hoping he would be. Uh, I remember actually watching him uh, when they played against the uh, the Air Force Academy. We got but remembering him when he drafted like you know what maybe i'll just grab and get picked in the uh in our dynasty league and he didn't get drafted and so i picked him up mid-season and he's been great um other than that though uh definitely have needs at wide receiver you know mike evans uh and after that my bench is just definitely riddled with a bunch of uh possible high flyers but uh, not as much capital uh, per se, you know, no, uh, bench stars for sure. Other than, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers and of course, Brian Edwards can't leave him out, Travis. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and then besides that, you know, I got the one Oh two, the one on the one Oh nine and the two Oh seven uh, and numerous quarterbacks that probably won't even uh, be the uh, first choice for starters. So. All right. So, my thoughts on the team are still a couple years away. So the running back picks ended up perfect last year. Pap could have could not have made some better choices there. Akers and Dobbins are his future. Josh Allen's the future. I just don't understand the, what's going on with wide receiver. We're still too far away. Not trading away Mike Evans last year is going to come back to bite him because I think that was the year to get rid of him because he's getting older. He is 27 or 28 now, 27, but plays like he's a lot older. He's slowing down. Tom Brady's going to help him out for maybe one more year. So I think Pep has one more half a window to sell. Marvin Jones, old. Curtis Samuel, gadget. Jarvis Landry, old. So um, he's going to be looking at that. Pick two is going to be Jamar Chase. He's going to slot right into the wide receiver two and be beautiful. I think pick seven. I think that's what we said with the next one. Yes, seven. Two, seven. I think seven's going to be another wide receiver. I think this is going to be the year you see Pap really jump on helping out the wide receivers. And I think an ultimate goal for him should be trading Hertz or Rodgers. Just drop Winston, by the way. But um, Hertz or Rodgers for a third running back. It doesn't have to be anybody too crazy. But if you could just get some low-end starter back just to help out the bench, I think that's going to be really important for him. I'm projecting this team as a seven through nine team. I've Jabers, I'm holding ten for you. Don't you worry. Um, oh, I hope I'm thinking, so. It's my I'm spot. thinking, I'm thinking seven through nine. So looking at the bench, we got those quarterbacks. You got Brita, who's a nobody. Lindsey, who's in the worst possible backfield. I think there is. Mm-hmm. Um, Selvin Ahmed had his chance last year. DJ had his chance. A lot of guys who lost it. Keelan had his chance. Traquan. So it's a lot of guys who are kind of buried that need some uh, injuries and feel bad for Hayden Hurst. He was supposed to be the guy last year. And just, if you look at his numbers, he ends up as tight end 10, but was just ugly. And if Kyle Pitts comes in, 
bye bye to any Hayden Hurst love and any yep. Hayden Hurst possible. So it's going to be hoping for Gasicki, hoping that Tua can find him. He was once again ugly year, but he ends up as the sixth best tight end. And like we've been talking, if you don't have a top three, who really cares? Just get a guy who can uh, get a couple guys who can have some big weeks. So that's what we we're looking at at Pap. So good luck this year. But yeah, I'm thinking somewhere between that seven and nine slot. Unless uh, unless he can go and make a big move for a running back. So I'm waiting to see one of these quarterbacks fly off his team. All right, Bulls, you are up if you want to rip through your team. Yeah, so I was uh, very pleased with how they performed last year. Uh, first time in the in the championship battle. Um, unfortunately, not enough firepower to get past uh, one player. Um, so that kind of <laughs> hurt. But um, – this year coming back, um, pretty much all of my team person who is uh, retiring, I'm getting a nice little pick for him. Um, I'm pumped to have Dak back. Um, that was a major concern last year um, was like, who the hell am I going to play at quarterback, right? It was just a crapshoot every week. Like, I'll just throw this guy out there. And it always ended up I'd throw that person out and the person that I didn't play scored like 30 more points than the person that I played. So, um Nice to have some consistency coming back with Dak. Uh, hopefully his ankle is um, fully healed here at the start of the season. And um, Looking forward to that. Running back is the biggest question right now um, because I have so many good guys, but they offseason really screwed me um, in a lot of different ways here. Um, I have one absolute starter in Dalvin Cook. Who knows what's going to happen in Jacksonville? And I'm hoping that it stays the same with James Robinson. If I can get both of those guys back, I have a nice little five-man setup with Ridley and Ayuk. Um, tight end kind of hurts because Hunter Henry leaving the Chargers isn't good for me. Uh, it's not bad. It's not good. Um, two tight ends set in New England is going to hurt. Um, his performance a little bit, I believe, um, because – both of the tight ends there are can catch the ball the same, right? And they're going to have to split targets now, um, so that hurts. Um, Edmonds also hurts, right? The James Conner Edmonds thing hurts a lot. Then going through my bench, and I have like a lot of like players that I would like to just maybe plug in one week when someone's on a buy, but it's not really anyone that's starter worthy. Um, so my flex spots are a little up in the air right now. Um, I have two of the best kickers in the league, so can't wait for kickers to stay in the league this year. I know that everyone's rooting for that. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. The, the low draft numbers uh, also hurt. We'll see. Uh, you know, there's plenty of time left before the season starts and before the draft here. So we'll see what um, what happens. So if you want to talk about the opposite of Abers, it is Labulier. Abers is playing the ultimate dynasty long haul. Labulier said, you know what? While everybody's doing this long haul stuff, I'm going to be trading my future picks away and I'm going to make the champion. I'm going to make the semifinals and then I'm going to make the finals because what he was doing the first two years wasn't working for him. So he changed his strategy and it worked. He made the semis, he made the finals, made some money back this year and uh, going to pay for a couple of years. So trading for James Robinson was huge. Trading for Dom two years ago was huge. And then, Two of the craziest draft picks I think we've had in history have been Calvin Ridley at pick three, 
in trading everything to get this random second round pick and pick and Brandon Ayuk. And both of them worked out perfectly. So uh, wide receivers are looking young, looking good. Um, does not have the depth. That's the only thing. He's going to be able to put out the starting rotations, but the depth's going to hurt. I love Dak, as everybody knows. Robinson, he has 24 hours to be safe. From right around now, you'll know if he's going to be safe or not. So that's going to be fun. Dalvin's safe. Ridley's safe. Ayuk is going to get an uptick. So it's going to be nice to him getting a new quarterback, no matter who it is, because whoever it is is going to throw the ball better than Jimmy J. Um, I think Robert Tonian's one of the least talked about players in the league. Green Bay didn't go out and get anybody, any wide receivers in the offseason. Didn't have any money. They couldn't really do much. But Tonian was pretty good last year. Very boomer bust, but he scored what, 10 touchdowns? Tonian, Tonian, touchdowns. Was the, Tonian was the number three wide receiver standard, number four in PPR. Yeah, exactly. So Tonian was. And I picked him up on waivers. Yeah, so he's not being talked enough, enough about enough. I think that he's going to be a guy you're going to pretty much start every week because Hunter Henry is going to be frustrating because you're going to start him. He's going to score two points. And the next week he's going to score 12. You're going to start him. It's just going to be it's going to be the worst possible thing. Um, the bench, you got some ugly running back tandems. I'm sorry for uh, Chase Edmonds and James Conner going together. I'm sorry that Ronald Jones had to get uh, Leonard Fournette back. So Tampa Bay's backfield is one of the ugliest things you could see right now. They got Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn. That's just from last year. And then they picked up Giovanni Bernard. So I don't know what Leonard Fournette's role is because last year he was just third down back, but they just got Giovanni Bernard the third down back. So that backfield is going to be ugly. You're going to start Ronald Jones. He's going to run for a 95-yard touchdown like he did last year against me, and I'm going to be sad. Um, But I'm not – not too sure what the ultimate plan with this bench is. I thought Latavius Murray would have been traded to Strazik two years ago, but maybe this is finally the year that he goes over to Strazik's team. John Brown over in Vegas is going to give him another a second, third part of the year. Um, Aguilar, that's going to be ugly over in New England. Crowder is in a tough spot. Higgins, tough spot. So there's just a lot of guys that are hoping that the guy in front of him gets injured so we can – plug and play but it's looking like week one and it's just going to be by week a little bit of help my guess is once those 2024 picks appear in about three months those will get moved around for uh, somebody off of Jaber's roster just like James Robinson was so it'll be fun to see that only have 309 or 310 I think that's what I had written down yeah 309 so 309 is just going to be a shot in the dark or going to be a nice piece to trade up is my guess. It's going to be 309 and somebody to go move up and get your guy. Another Brandon Ayuk that nobody else really knew about besides you. So some big draft picks the last couple of years. And my guess is he's going to be sitting right around that same spot he was last year, that five to seven regular season. But you don't want to see Dalvin Cook. You don't want to see the supersize in the playoffs, the Dalvin Cooks of the world. So five to seven and be scared when he makes the playoffs. So I think that's all we have for today's podcast. The plan for tomorrow night is I'm going to be sending out a Google Meet tomorrow at some point. I'm planning on just watching the draft and sitting on the Google Meet and talking to whoever wants to talk. So if everybody's around looking for it, I'm going to be posting that tomorrow. Invite your friends, invite everybody, and we'll just have so many people talking football and uh, loving the draft. So I want to thank the three of you for joining me today and having a little fun time on our mock draft. Thanks for having us, Jess.
All right. Yeah, thanks, bud. Go Sox. Go, go Sox, go Cs, go Bs. All right, Pap, <laughs> uh, get a good night's sleep, and uh, talk to you boys tomorrow night. Sounds good. See ya. Adios. <laughs>